0: Hello, everyone. This is your girl, Lissy Show, and welcome to Did I Make You Shiver? If you haven't already, please check out Tuesday's episode of Horror Meditation, and it is called Don't Move. It's pretty freaky, so I think you'll want to listen to that one soon. And if you're a new listener, welcome. If you haven't already, Whether you're new or a continued listener, please go to whatever platform you're listening to and make sure you subscribe and follow. And also, don't forget to turn on notifications so you'll be updated on new episodes. Tonight's episode is about a crime that happened in Cleveland that still, to this day, has not been solved. And that is the Cleveland Torso Murders. This episode will be a little graphic, Just so you're prepared. So now let's get into this episode. It is called, What Happened to Cleveland? So back in 1936, Cleveland was a very, very popular city to go to. Despite the things that happened within the Great Depression, Cleveland was always able to fight through. And people from all over love coming there, whether it's travelers, business owners, anybody you can think of, people love going and looking at the scenery. Cleveland was also well known for hosting events such as the Republican National Convention and also the Great Lakes Exposition. During that time, there was a big spread out of 135 acres throughout downtown Cleveland and on the Lake Erie shore. So, you would expect there were thousands of people there. Like, so many people. And also, other businesses promoted themselves like Higbee's Department Store, Standard Oil, and General Electric. But also... During this time... A dark path was coming its way... In June... 1936... June 5th to be exact... There were two boys... They just wanted to skip school and go fishing... So that's what they did... Then after they were done... They were going for a walk... And they noticed some pants... That were just under a tree... A random tree... Once those boys... Opened the pants... Just to be curious... They found a man's severed head. Hey, what would you guys do? You just taking a walk, whether you with a friend, family, or by yourself, whoever. You go up to a tree. Why are these pants all folded up right here? And then you're like, oh, let me let me be curious and see. And then you see that shit, a severed head. Oh, Lord, I wouldn't know what to do. But let me get back to the story. So not too long after they found the head, they were able to find the rest of the body by a railroad track. And they said the cause of death was decapitation, which is really fucking weird to me. Like, was this person alive when they were being decapitated? Did this person drug whoever they were murdering? Like, how did that go about? That's creepy. And with that, that was actually the fourth this member body to show up in less than a year. So then everybody was like, yeah, we have a serial killer. This isn't just a coincidence. This is someone purposely doing these horrific things. They tried to put out a picture of the man that they found just to see if anybody recognized him. But because it happened at a time where there were millions of people coming in and out of cleveland nobody was able to identify the man but at this point the more killings went on people started naming this the torso murders but this person was also known as the mad butcher of kingsbury run a man that was well known in the law enforcement community Um, Elliot Ness, he was one of the most celebrated lawmen. He makes sure any big crook that he can come across, he can serve justice and get them put in jail and just help stabilize the um, law, law enforcement community because it was a lot of shady shit going on. So he was trying his hardest to figure out, okay, this mad butcher had already claimed four victims. What can I do to end this? What can I do to find the clues to lead to the man or woman who is causing all this mayhem? So in September of 1935, the first two victims were found. One, they couldn't identify, but the other one they identified as Edward Andresi. and Dracy, And they were both decapitated like the other victim um they were washed which was weird like did you wash them to make sure they're clean and had no dirt anything on them or were you trying to cover your tracks what were you doing here also cut off their genitalia. so i imagine they just took everything You know, like, I don't need to explain how the, what the body parts look like down there, but he took out everything. Oh, it's so, but however, a year earlier than that, a lower half of a woman's torso down to the knees had washed ashore east of Cleveland. They called her the lady of the lake. And later, everyone determined that that was really the Mad Butcher's first victim. Something that is really fucked up and freaky is that a coroner back then, his name is Dr. Samuel Gerber, he said the precision of the bodies that they dismembered were so perfect that he assumed that the killer had to have some type of medical training like you're thinking these people are going to school to help us out to save our arm save a leg or fix something internally just a doctor who wants to make sure we're good but then you turn around and this person isn't going to medical school to help anybody they're going to medical school to basically learn how to torture people and use their bodies as their play toy. It's fucked up. So going back to Elliot Ness, you know, the well-known lawsman, he got word from many people who were scared and thinking, what if Dr. Francis Sweeney, which was a really well-known doctor in the area, what if he could be it? You know, everybody was getting scared of all doctors, so they just didn't know. So, one day, Ness took Sweeney to a hotel room in private and questioned him. They even gave him a polygraph. Ness felt like, this has to be the guy, but there just wasn't enough evidence to take him to trial. But strangely, for some years, Ness would receive taunting postcards from Sweeney. So i feel like if you're not guilty then why are you harassing me continuously yeah i understand that you have a problem with Ness because he basically probably fucked up your career and i can see if you talk to him face to face or sent one mail message letting them know like Like, look, like, you need to make a public apology. Do whatever you can to kind of clear his name. But for you to keep on going and going and going, sending messages, it leaves up the question, like, if you weren't guilty, then why are you harassing me so much? Soon afterwards, Ness got to the point where he was going mad. He felt like he was going crazy. We're talking about a lawman who... Solved every crime that he came across. He always figured out who the killer was. But for some reason with this case... He didn't have no clues. He didn't have nothing. He can match murders. But he just didn't have nothing. But by August 16th, 1938... The 11th and 12th victim was found. And that was the last of it. And ironically those last two bodies were actually found right outside Ness's office by the lakefront. At this point, Ness was like, fuck this shit, we gotta burn the city down, we have to handcuff anybody we can. He just did a lot of stuff to try to figure out the truth, like, who is this murderer? He He, like I said earlier, he went mad. And eventually... They x him for his actions, but unfortunately at the same time, that's when the murder stopped. Later on in 1938, the killer guy looked cocky. He decided to write a letter to the police department saying, you can rest easy now. I have come out to sunny California for the winter. The killer claimed that he or she buried someone between Central Boulevard and Crenshaw and Western in Los Angeles, but they never found a body. The only suspect they ever really caught was Frank Dozo. He was a bricklayer, and he so happened to live with Flo Folio, which was actually the third victim. And ironically, he knew Andressi and Rose Wallace. And those were the only victims who were ever identified. But Dozzle confessed to killing Filio. But then as he was in custody, he killed himself. But yet they don't know how he did it. It remains to be suspicious. And just when you thought it was all over in 1938, later on in 1947... A body was found in Los Angeles. The body belonged to a woman named Elizabeth Short. She was found, of course, murdered. Her body was cut in half. Her intestines were removed. And the blood from her body was drained. All kind of similarities to the torso Killer back in Cleveland. But she was more famous. And you might recognize her as the Black Dahlia. And sadly... Her murder has one thing in common with the torso murders. It still remains unsolved. So to this day, there is still no clues to who did all this. Nobody found anything. So this, I feel like this case is going to remain unsolved for life. Like no one is going to figure this out. And bringing it back to Elliot Ness. He died in 1957, and crazy enough, which really made me, like, scream a little bit, like, really feel awkward, was Ness wanted his ashes spreaded by where all the killings happened, so I don't know what was the deal with that, but that's weird, and I would never do no shit like that. All right, that's it for tonight's episode. I hope you enjoy it. If you want to, go ahead and research in Google about the torso killings. I might do an episode on the first known torso killings, which actually happened in the 1800s. But you guys got to let me know. Email me at imakeyoushiver at gmail.com. Once again, that's shiver at gmail.com. Make sure on any platform you follow, subscribe, and turn on for notifications. Until next time, good night, everyone.